listening audience at station KKVV. This is Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church, located at 1720 North J Street. Our contact number is 702-647-2627. Our website is www.abundantlifelv.org. We are pastored by Dr. Calvin B. Rock. Today, during our special Christmas program, our lead presenter will be Senior Pastor Calvin B. Rock and other instrumentals performed by various musicians. We thank you for listening, and remember, Christ is the real reason for the season. But who would 
Thanks to Claire and Kanai, and thanks to Janice Stevenson, our teacher who cooperates in the training of our children. We are blessed to have such a bountiful and beautiful crop of children in our church. I wouldn't want to be connected with a church that didn't have a lot of children started to say running around, but moving around, moving around. It, it brings life and strength and health and a feeling of vigor and mobility for God's people. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we come now to the study of your word and we have thought about it and we have outlined it. We planned it to the best of our ability Lord, it's of no use unless your Holy Spirit blesses it. So we offer you this gift and we pray that your Holy Spirit will, in fact, work upon each and every one of our hearts that we may leave rejoicing, but not just rejoicing, recommitted and rededicated and re-energized to do your will, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. topic for today is from Mary's womb through Joseph's tomb and coming soon. And I want to read for you the book of Malachi. From the book of Malachi, the words of Holy Writ, Malachi chapter 3 beginning at verse one. From Mary's womb through Joseph's tomb and coming soon. Malachi 3.1, behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. And this reading, of course, is from the New King James. And it is one of the many promises of the coming of our king. And it has a dual application. You will remember that there are many prophecies and promises in the Bible that are applicable both to the first and the second coming. And this is one of those. You can read this verse in Malachi 3.1 and it applies to the second coming of Christ. But it also applies to the first coming of Christ. The first and the second. And we call these coming the advents or the advent, the first and the second advent of Christ. As in the name, seventh Day Adventist, Seventh-day Adventist, properly spoken. The accent is on the first syllable. Seventh-day Adventist. Can you say that? Seventh-day Adventist. That's the way it's to be said. And this term Advent became a part of the vocabulary and the name of those people who were keeping the Sabbath day and when the Sabbatarians got together with the Adventists, 
The name was chosen in 1860. What year was that? 1860. The name was chosen because people who believed in the Sabbath, who were called Sabbatarians, and people who believed in the second coming, who were called Adventists, who formerly had not known each other, but when they discovered their, their complementary truths, they joined together, and these two strains of doctrine, which came from the Bible, and they'd always existed right through the dark ages, through the Reformation, and at this point, they converged, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church was born. But we who look forward to the second coming of Christ and preach it, mindful of, fact, of the fact that most of the world and many of the churches have forgotten about the second coming or do not understand it in its true biblical meaning, we emphasize it, we believe in it, it is our hope, we live for it, we, we don't use it as our, primary, as our primary motivation for the kingdom, but it, it is a strong and powerful incentive for right living in this wicked world. But it would be of no use, this emphasis on the second coming, if in fact Christ had not had a first advent. A first advent. And this first advent when he left glory and came to our world is what society celebrates now and rightly so. And what a story it is that Jesus would leave the courts of glory where he was honored as king. Think about it now. He was honored as king from time immemorial as the Poets say from the unbegun beginning, from time farther back than human minds can imagine, Jesus was everlastingly God adored and worshiped and praised. It was he before whom the angels sang. And when they sang, they sang, and I want you to sing it with me now because he was all of that. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And when they bowed their heads, they reared and lifted their wings and praised the God of eternity. Holy, holy, holy. Together. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Early in the morning our song shall rise. This is what the angels sang. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in the three persons, blessed Trinity.
and my God, God in the three persons, blessed Trinity. But he left all of that, all of that holiness, all of that glory, all of that splendor, all of that riches, all those riches, and came to this our wicked world. Now, there were many very specific promises of his coming. There were these dual predictions, as Malachi gave us, but there were some that were very, very specific. Genesis 3.15 said that he would come and he would bruise Satan's head, although Satan would bruise his heel. Jeremiah 23.5 said he would be born in the house of David. Micah 5, 2 said he would come to the city of Bethlehem. And Genesis 49, 10 said he would be born of the tribe of Judah. And Isaiah 7, 14 said something nobody had ever heard about before. Said he would be born of a virgin. And in fact, Daniel 9, verse 25 said exactly when the Messiah would come, that he would come at the final week. He would make his appearance in the final week of the 490 years that had been given to the Jews to repent. And that's exactly how it happened. Notice the book of Luke now, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And recall with me, if you will, how the prophecy was fulfilled. Luke 2 verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This sentence first took place while Quirinus was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, just like the prophet had said, which is called Bethlehem, just like the prophet had said, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room in the end. So that Christ's birth fulfilled precisely and exactly the 4,000 years of prophecy about his coming. And when he came, the city was crowded. Bethlehem was filled with citizens. It was tax time and the ruler said that the people had, it wasn't like now when you fill out a piece of paper and mail it in, they had to all go to be taxed. Everybody had to go up and register and the place was overcrowded with people and the parents of Christ could find no place, no hotel, no motel with which, in which to get comfort and there she was about to deliver and as scripture says, on that nativity night, when the sun had set, when the cattle had been taken to their stalls, when all of the lamps had been trimmed and 
turned down and out. And the people had laid down in slumber. Jesus was born. And the songwriter does us a great and marvelous favor when he pictures it and says it was a silent night, holy night. All was calm, all is bright. And I want you to sing as we remember and as we celebrate. Silent night, holy night. quiet at the place of Christ's birth once the babe had been issued from the womb the midwife or the father had cleaned the child and if you've seen a baby born you know how that goes the umbilical cord had been cut it was all just like we came into this world the baby had cried and screamed and been spanked and was placed on the bosom of Mary and was sleeping sweetly on that silent holy night. There was something else going on in the fields outside of Bethlehem. It was quiet in the city, but out in the countryside, on the outskirts, listen to what the Bible says was happening, continuing in Luke chapter 2, now verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
This will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. The angels proclaimed, and we proclaim, Hark, the herald angels sing. Would you join with me now? chapter 2 verse 15 the story continues so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger now when they had seen him they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. It had happened. All these prophecies had now occurred and had been fulfilled and they returned praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and as it was told to them. The song says go do what everybody tell it on the mountain. Go tell it on the mountain over the hill Everywhere go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds kept their watching or silent. 
his progress. Luke 2:52 says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And in Luke 3:23, the word continues. Now Jesus himself began his ministry about 30 years of age, being as supposed the son of Joseph and the son of Heal. And in Luke 4, chapter 4, verse 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And so Christ enters his ministry and he begins to preach and he begins to teach. And verse 28 says, so all those in the synagogue when they heard these sayings, were filled with wrath. So that as Jesus went out and did his preaching and his teaching and his healing, everybody wasn't happy. The word says that there were those who were filled, his, who were filled with wrath at his teaching and his healing, and immediately at the very beginning of his ministry, Satan stirred up those who would lead him on to his crucifixion. But look at verse 29. And rose up and thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill. Listen to this. They led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built that they might throw him down over the cliff. 
verse 42, chapter 4, book of Luke. Now when it was day, he departed into a deserted place, and the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving. Some people accepted him, and they were glad, and they were excited. And chapter 5, verse 15 says, However, the report went out around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And chapter 6, verse 11, But they were filled with rage and discuss with one another what they might do with Jesus. And finally, in chapter 23 and verse 33, they had, as a result of their schemes, said one to another, we will do away with this male factor. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. What happened as his ministry blossomed and flowered was not pretty. They took him by his wrists and they handcuffed him. They blindfolded him in Pilate's judgment hall. They took him before Herod. They spat on him. They struck him and they gave him their hands, the Bible says, and they put a crown of thorns and jammed it on his brow and they led him out to be crucified. But he knew when he came. He knew when he was born. As soon as his, as his mind could grasp reality, highlighted at the temple when the priest slew the lamb, and the little lamb jumped up and ran away. He knew on that Passover day that he was indeed the lamb born to die on the old rugged cross. And the words of the song are, oh, the old rugged cross. And you know that. So I want you to join me as we remember now that he came to die and that it was on the old rugged cross where he gave his life and spent his all for you and for me. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. The But I love that old cross, the dearest and best, for the world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross, where my troll at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for 
And Luke continues the story in the 23rd chapter, verse 33, he says, And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals on the right hand and on the other, one on the right and one on the other. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered. He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is Christ, the Christ, the chosen of God, then let him come down. He came into this world and he claims to be the son of God. He said he was here before Abraham. He said that he is bigger and better than Elijah. Now look at him. My question for you is, were you there when they crucified my Lord? that he did not stay dead. The good news is that he who came from Mary's womb to Joseph's tomb did not remain. All of the other great leaders of society have remained in the dust 
all the other leaders who have begun religions, Confucius, Zoroaster, Buddha, all of them, they laid down finally, they died, some were assassinated, others died of sickness or old age, but when they finally died, they were never heard from again, their voices were never raised. There was never another teaching, healing, proclamation. They were gone, hidden for the ages, but not Jesus. The fact is that he rose from the dead. The Bible reads in Luke chapter 23, the last few verses, and the women, verse 55, 23, who had come with him from Galilee, followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Thank God for the sisters in the church. When all the brothers were hiding somewhere. The sisters in the church were taking care, observing, and they went to tend to his body. And they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils. And they rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. And I just had to get that verse in there. Crucified on Friday. Resurrected on Sunday the first day. But resting on the Sabbath from all the work that he had done. All of his hard labors. All of his sacrifices. All of the indignities that he had suffered. He who laid down in the tomb rested on the Sabbath day. And the Bible says now on the first day of the week. Very early in the morning. Chapter 24 verse 1. Uh, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared and they found that the stone had been what? Rolled away. And they went in then and did not find the body of Jesus. And the record goes on to say that how after that he met with his disciples and they were rejoicing in the fact that he who said destroy this body in three days I'll build it up again he came and they say what we now sing and what we sing rejoicing he lives I serve a risen savior he's in the world today I serve a risen Savior. I know that He is living. I hear His voice of cheer, and just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, he lives. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know. See now, the record of God's word is in the last 
or next to the last verse in the whole book of Luke. Luke 24, verse 51. Now it came to pass, while he blessed them, Luke 24, 50 and 51, while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Right back from where he came before he went into Mary's womb and then to Joseph's tomb, he went back to heaven where he had been when the angels sang holy, holy, holy and fell down and adored him. He went back and Psalm 24 describes his ascension and says that as he went back to glory, the angels who were taking him up cried out, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. And the angels inside the gates looked down and sang, who is the king of glory? Not that they didn't know. They just wanted to hear that name again. And the angels who were bringing him said, the Lord, the Lord strong and mighty, he is the king of glory. And they opened the gates and the king of glory came in and they sang as we sing, all hail the power of Jesus' name. And the way the angels sang then and sing now, we can sing to the glory of God. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal. Our prophet, Ellen White, says in Great Controversy, page 489, the intercession of Christ in man's behalf in the sanctuary above, what he's doing right now in the sanctuary, in the most holy place, is as essential in the plan of salvation as was his death upon the cross. Did you get that? What Jesus is doing right now offering his blood for our forgiveness and his robe for our protection and our acceptance before the Father. We can't make it without either one. We need his blood to cancel our sins. We need his robe to cover us because even after our sins have been forgiven, we are still us. We're still who we are. Defective. We're still in this unholy flesh. We are still these creatures with these motors down inside that keep generating temptation that we have to put down by prayer and fasting and the study of God's word. So we have to be covered because we are mistake ridden and we fail. We have all sin and we still come short. Romans 3.23, so that Jesus has to cover us with his robe. And what he is doing in that operation in glory, the prophet says, our church prophet, is just as important as his death upon the cross. Thank God that he is there and thank God he is coming again. It is not going to end with him up in glory just. It is going to end with his second advent from Mary's womb through Joseph's tomb 
and he's coming soon. Whether he comes while you and I are alive or not, we don't know. We have, we have only to live every day and be faithful till he shall come or call. But when he comes or calls, I want to be ready. How about you? If you do, then I want you to stand and sing with me now. Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring. The second advent is about to happen. It'll be soon, whether you have to lie down and wake up or whether it's while you're still alive. Lift up the trumpet. Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, ye pilgrim. Be joyful and sing. Jesus is coming again. Coming again. Coming again. Jesus is coming again. Echo it hilltop, proclaim it she plains. Jesus is coming again. Coming in glory, the Lamb that was slain. Jesus is coming again. Coming again, coming again. Jesus is coming again. Nay, are angry by this we do know Jesus is coming again knowledge increases men run to and fro Jesus is coming again coming again coming again Jesus is coming Again. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we children of the Advent, we prisoners of hope, locked in the human flesh with which we were created, now defective because of sin, recognize that our only way out is through the blood and robe of him who came, the one who came through Mary's womb into Joseph's tomb and who is coming soon. Thank you for his ministry as a babe. Thank you for his ministry as a man. Thank you for his death upon the cross. Thank you for his pleas for our salvation before your throne even now. And we pray that as we celebrate together this Christmas day and the final days of this year now dying, that with it we shall be born again into new and more blessed experiences where we have been slovenly about our study and our prayers. Oh God, wake us up. Forgive us for being negligent during 2.10 in our mission service, forgiving us for being timid about telling others that you are coming again. Forgive us of habits that we have nurtured and nurtured and, and 
allowed to fester in our, our beings. Forgive us of evil that we have spoken of one another. Forgive us of missing the opportunities we had to do good in this community where the church is located. And may we finalize this service, this day, with firm determination that come what may, we will be better today. We will not let television or work or people or others or money or possessions or discouragement or sicknesses or bad experiences in the past. We let nothing separate us from the Lord and that the second coming of Christ made so possible and glorious by his first advent shall shine brightly in our hearts and that with the love of Jesus and with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, we shall march forward to do your will until you shall come a call. And while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, dearly beloved, we will not leave this place without opening the doors of your church, the church while yet you pray. There are people here today who are not members of the church, but you understand the commandments are from God. You believe in the fourth commandment, which says, remember the Sabbath day. And you have decided that if Jesus was willing to give up everything and come down here and live and die for you, you'll be willing to live and die for him. And you would like to raise your hand and say, yes, I love him enough to be a full-fledged Sabbath keeper. I would like to be a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church and keep all Ten Commandments. Raise your hand right where you are, whoever you are. Those of you who've done it before, we have your names and you're getting ready for baptism and all that. But if you haven't already made that commitment, if you're out of town, we'll take your name and address and send it to the Adventist preacher where you live. You may raise your hand. The doors of the church are open. Is there somebody here who used to be a member of the church? You got sidetracked, your job or your friends or whatever, and you want to say, well, what better time than this to come on back home? You may raise your hand where you are. Anyone who used to be, but you got sidetracked and the best Christmas gift you could give him is the gift of your life. Remembering the gift of his. Our Father in heaven, thank you again for the gift of Christ to the world and not to the world generically, but thanks for the gift to us individually. May he be the prize possession of our thoughts, of our dedication until he shall come a call. And may your word be a seed in good soil to bring forth fruits of righteousness. We ask in Jesus' name that all the people say, Amen. Amen. Shall we be seated?